Hi and welcome to This Week in Wrestling. Coming up today, going to be talking for you now, AEW Games, of course, the big announcement. Going to talk about AEW Dynamite as well for you, giving my review of the show. Talking NXT, we've got a brand new North American champion. Going to be discussing the Road to Survivor Series and Monday Night Raw. Was it a bore Raw this week or was there a few things to talk about? And as well as that, Impact Wrestling as well. A top stable tag team look to be leaving the company as well as building all the way up to turning points. So lots to talk about. The latest little bits of wrestling news and rumours will be going through this video. Plenty of reasons to stick around. But if you do like what's going on at SCW, please hit the like button. Please share it with a friend. Subscribe as well and be notified by hitting the bell when each and every video is released. But thank you for watching. Let's kick things off with This Week in Wrestling this week. Starting things off then, let's talk about AEW Games, the big announcement that was made this Tuesday evening. Of course, we had Kenny Omega, we had Audrey Edwards, Britt Baker and Cody all making announcements on the about 20 minute YouTube video. Basically, what comes out of this we've got free game releases here we've got a console next gen game that will be coming out that will be actually manufactured by Ukes and as well the same people that made of course WWF No Mercy back in the day on the Nintendo 64 uh, we saw a bit of gameplay as well I must admit I was jumping for joy uh, I know there's a few people on Twitter that were noticing saying that they weren't overly enamored with the, the graphics but I must admit for what I saw it looked a bit more you know of a fresh look of what No Mercy used to look like I mean Shida with the, the stance and stuff, Kenny Omega, Jericho, I thought they all looked pretty good to be honest and this is still preliminary, I mean of course the game will probably be you know improved between now and its release date so I'm really looking forward to seeing what we're going to see, the gameplay looked quick, fresh, exciting and uh, I mean Kenny Omega has been big on a simple gameplay and if we get what we're being promised here I think we've got a mega game on our hands here and it could be just what us wrestling fans have been crying for for years, um, personally for me I wanted a game with simplistic play, I just find with the, you know, the current games that we get from wrestling it's very much you know technical based and every move is mastered and every part of each game it's just very difficult i just want to sit there you know like a classic bash them up on those sort of games i want to just get in cause some carnage throw some finishes throw a few people off a cage do you know what i mean off a ladder whatever i want to have fun on these games and i feel that we've lost the fun factor in what was the computer games with a wrestling aspect i feel here what we've been promised aew is looking to bring that back we've got two mobile game releases coming for us as well one is going to be a casino based game which is going to be coming out imminently by the seams of things uh, but one that definitely took my attention was the uh, all AEW Elite General Manager. That's right. You have the money. You can build your own shows and get in your own AEW stars that you want and make the shows to, and see what reaction you get from the people. And as well as that, you can get, you know, morale in the locker room are people happy unhappy um this for me feels very exciting it's basically classic gm mode from what we got back in the day with you know smackdown versus raw back in the old school uh, i'm excited to see this back i think it's going to be fun i do think that with aew the roster obviously it depends how many superstars that will be available here uh, to make this happen but i think it looks like a fun game and defending it's not too pricey for a mobile game i definitely seem invested and would be you know interested in getting this i think that this certainly is something that excites me so all in all from this i was really happy from it i feel that um, we've got things to look forward to in the gaming community for aew um it's great to see that they'll have some releases coming i'm hoping that the rosters will be up to date uh with match types as well you know from what we can get maybe on sanction matches maybe we can get you know the the classic ladder matches and cage matches but maybe even what we saw this week the bunkhouse match and stuff like that parking lot brawls uh, you know the exciting you know exclusive matches that aew has brought us i hope we get that content included within the game and uh 
certainly is an exciting, promising time if you're a fan of AEW and if you are a fan of the gaming community as well. Well, enough about AEW games. Let's go into AEW itself, shall we? Let's go into Dynamite. And let me tell you, it was Dynamite this week. And what I really like about it, we hit the reset button. We have those opportunities for those stars that didn't get on the pay-per-view. They got their chance to shine. And uh, it's just a good place, really, to, to start a game with AEW. I like the way that they really presented this show this week. And, of course, uh, if you happen to have not seen so far, go and check my full Git review after this video as well. Uh, certainly, I think it's worth checking out, even a few days later after the pay-per-view. I do think Full Gear offered a lot of opinions. I think it, overall, it was one of their best pay-per-views they have done to date, so I do recommend going and checking it out after this particular video. But I'm talking about Dynamite anyway this week. Um, to go into you know breaking it down, really, I love the fact that Team Taz opened up the show. A team for me that have been underutilized at this point in AEW, uh, seemingly now are taking their starts. Rookie Starks really wants to focus on that TNT Championship. Brian Cage, of course, the FTW champion. It's good to see that belt back, by the way. I'm a big ECW nostalgic fan, so I'm really pleased to see that involved there. Brian Cage destroying Matt Seidel this week there, and a, a beautiful drill claw to finish off the match there. And these two, uh, now they are ranked, they plan to take over. And of course, we've got a built-up match next week uh, with these two against Cody and Darby Allen, which should be exciting to see. And their night was not quite finished there because we got Cody coming out for an interview segment uh, for us next now. And of course, with Cody, it was really, really fun to see. He wasn't going to go for the TNT Championship. He wanted to focus his attention on MJF going forward. Of course, that was a uh, another big loss he'd had earlier on this year that he wants to correct. Uh, and of course, he hasn't beaten MJF yet, where of course he had beaten Darby Allen in the past. Uh, but this was actually interrupted by uh, the very impressive looking Jade Cargill, which I must admit, I've never seen her before, but she came out uh, in this, you know, physically verbally gave it to Cody basically saying that uh, he claimed himself to be the giant killer and she didn't see anything giant about Cody uh, and the fact that she knew a giant that could definitely take on Cody and uh, his name happened to be none other than Shaq. Um, Brandy Rhodes come out actually defending uh, Cody during this as well and these two ladies really went back and forth and this felt passionate it felt legit um it felt exciting to watch because i really felt to myself watching this that uh, it felt real and that's what i really thought was quite exciting about this and uh, made me quite intrigued to see where this was going to go it feels that if cody is going to go for mjf it's going to have to wait for the time being it looks like maybe we could be building to cody versus shaq which of course on paper you might turn and say well shaq he's not a wrestler and that is definitely not something that we're so keen on seeing. And I must admit, from a match perspective, maybe this wouldn't be something so exciting, or it could even be leading to a mixed tag team match, of course. I mean, with the, the build that we've had this week, this would be a good placeholder for that and would take some of the workload off of Shaq if they were designed to go down that route. But when you look at things from the grand scheme of things, all the big picture, uh, Shaquille O'Neal was supposed to be having a match with WWE for years. He'd been training. He wanted to have a match with the Big Show. I believe he was involved in an Andre the Giant uh, battle royal one year and actually then that was going to lead to a match with the big show the next year and it never took place it just never happened i mean when you look at things i mean shaquille he's a household name he's been there and done it of course when you look at the nba he's won multiple titles there he's known all over the world for him to come in and be a part of aew casual fans who have not paid AEW any attention I mean you have to remember AEW is a company right now that is known um, by a lot of wrestling fans but still is more of a hardcore 
based wrestling fan rather than casuals. If you want casuals to say, I've never heard of this AEW, I'm going to check it out because Shaquille O'Neal is there. This is great because for that reasoning, AEW can build on the ratings and the numbers they've potentially got. Because if you come and look and say, well, Shaquille O'Neal against Cody, it's a, it's an attraction match rather than a standout match. I mean, maybe it's a show that you use your established stars to make them even bigger stars like Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Or maybe you turn around and say, this is the groundbreaking show that you look at MJF and Darby Allen, the stars of tomorrow and give them that platform to really become more of a household name there's a platform that you can use here and you can build other stars off using the name Shaquille O'Neal if you want to use that other company and you look back into the 90s WWE or WWF at that point were being you know whipped every single week by WCW in the ratings back in you know 96 97 even start of 1998 it feels like the duck broke when WWE at the time brought in Mike Tyson, which was an outside attraction to help bring eyes, more casual eyes, back to that company to see what they were doing because they were doing really good stuff at the time but weren't really getting the ratings to reflect and show for the work that they were putting out. And then Mike Tyson came in, was involved with WrestleMania, of course, when you know the Austin era began. Of course, Austin beating Shawn Michaels at that point. AEW, yeah, they're winning the Wednesday Night War, but are they the biggest company in wrestling at the moment? No, they're not. They're still making baby steps. And of course, this one move alone won't be the thing that will make AEW the number one company in the world. But if you look at things at baby steps, right now, AEW, after a year, they are doing very, very well. They're, you know, defeating NXT in the ratings on a weekly basis. They are, you know, gathering momentum, but they don't want to stop where they are. They don't turn around and say, we're satisfied with getting the numbers we're getting in. We want to build on it and we want to improve it. We want to make this the number one company in the world. And this is the way that they're going to try and do it because baby steps will get them there. It may take five, it may even take 10 years to become, you know, a player and if they can even get themselves still probably not on equal terms with WWE but they can get themselves on a path of where they are you know not just you know a competitor but they are you know can be a competitive head-to-head -head competitor it's something that could happen and it's something that's not completely out of the realm and moments like this if they can pull things like this off can be the basis of what makes AEW this big wrestling company like we said we've got the game coming out we've got you know all different bits and mobs happening with AEW it's an exciting promotion and it's an exciting time in wrestling um it's really gonna be interesting to see where it goes going forward and of course um like I said they wanted to do this Chris Jericho Mike Tyson earlier in the year. and of course I mean the Mike Tyson thing it's it's 20 odd years later it's not exactly the same Shaquille O'Neal is a bit younger and of course like I said he's been in the ring training he wanted to have a match with the big show at Wrestlemania this could be something if they can make happen Shaq versus Cody like I say on you know an in-ring standpoint I'm not expecting a five-star classic but it may bring in a million viewers for that week which could be you know a couple hundred thousand more than what they had and if then some of those turn around and say, look, I really like what I'm seeing. I'm going to come back and watch again, again, week after week. You might turn around and start saying that AEW on a weekly basis has over 1 million viewers checking out their show. And they're there to see the likes of MJF and Darby Allen and Kenny Omega and other stars like this. This could be a big thing in AEW's history. I mentioned MJF then. Of course, he's now been inducted into the inner circle. Him and Wardlow are a part of the faction, of course. Um, I thought MJF was so entertaining here on his induction speech, uh, of course, uh, saying that uh, he was... 
uh, started five years ago and he was given a small fund to help him try and make it there and he managed to make it through despite having just one million dollars um, which kind of reminded me a little bit of um, Dodgeball back in the day when they've had uh, Ben Stiller's character said that uh, he, he did everything from hard work and of course again had a big sum fee paid from his father uh, and I like the fact as well that he did a poem which was uh, based off one of Drake's songs as well uh, and when Ortiz uh, called this out and said hey that's Drake he says I've never heard of Drake but I started from the bottom um, I just thought that that was absolutely ingenious and um, the fact that um, for a birthday present as well for Chris Jericho and trying to warm himself amongst the faction he's got them all tickets to Vegas which uh, I think is going to be very fun next week could be another um, you know special musical presentation we might have or certainly fun gambling experience this could be a way as well to promote the AEW game that could be coming out of course the casino game coming uh, I believe at some point during the over this winter period so that could be a good way of building block for that also uh, but Sammy Guevara was probably the key thing that for this whole segment of course because he was missing from ringside it felt at the time that maybe he was selling the fact that he was uh, lost to Matt Hardy and of course in that uh, brutal elite deletion match but he did turn up backstage later on apparently had an email telling him to go to the beach and not one going to the ring it feels that MJF is looking to try and get Sammy out of the group at this point uh, which is certainly leading to exciting twists in terms of what's going to happen because Ortiz as well still not convinced of having him as part of the group Hager and Wardlow still looking at each other not convinced of one another there's lots of little twists in terms of what's going to happen with this and um, it'll be interesting to see if the inner circle does remain full strength or if it will break off in a couple of pieces Chris Jericho even handily said on the mic well you know if anyone's to blame for this it's me I made the stipulation MJF passed it and I'm in the group uh, it does make you wonder if maybe at some point down the line that people may turn on Chris Jericho and Jericho is the one to leave the group uh, we do know when John Moxley will be taking on Kenny Omega. It's going to be on December 2nd's edition of Dynamite, um, which is really exciting as well that that's going to be on a Dynamite special rather than actually just being on, say, for Revolution, which is in February. It does feel a bit far away when you've got your number one contender to have to wait for three months for the title match when they like to do these sort of things sort of monthly or once every six weeks or so. So I I'm excited by it. I think it'll be really fun to see this match. And um, they built up quite nicely. Kenny Omega saying, of course, that uh, they don't have history as a one-on-one one match it was an unsanctioned match so it doesn't count on the record can you beat me in a normal wrestling environment um it really makes it feel like it's fresh it's exciting i mean democracy's the face now omega's going to be more the heel um for me it's it's great i'm excited i can't wait for this match and i do think this has potential to be a match of the year candidate certainly could be the biggest dynamite of the whole entire year so um it certainly feels the biggest match that's been booked in their history up till now um, I want to give a couple of match shout-outs as well, just before we move on from AEW. I really enjoyed the bunkhouse match uh, between, of course, QT Marshall and Dustin Rose. Of course, the Natural Nightmares defeating Butcher and the Blade, of course, with Bunny at ringside. It seemed to culminate the feud. Uh, we had sort of ladders, tables, uh, handcuffs involved here. We had hay around the ring as well, the cowbells. Uh, a bit of nostalgia feel about it. I thought it was really good. It was like a brutal, hardcore match that went all across Daly's place. Uh, but the match had to finish in the ring. And uh, it did finish off when uh, we saw uh, Blade accidentally knock uh, the bunny off the side apron through a table. After she'd been trying to help them all through uh, the match. And uh, QT Marshall actually hitting the diamond cutter, picking up the victory uh, for the baby faces. And I must say, this was a very impressive tag team match. And probably a closer of this feud. But um, I must admit, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I hope that it's not going to be uh i don't remember the last time we had a bunkhouse match actually on tv and i hope it's not another 15 20 years until we get another one i really enjoyed this match definitely was a a feel-good factor which uh you know we get a lot of these uh on dynamite each and every week so um i want to see another one of these somewhere down the line uh but speaking of great matches at uh, penta el cerro miero and phoenix as the main event 
wow. Um, this was fantastic. It was pay-per-view worthy, in my opinion. And um, I'm a big fan of both of them. I do feel, uh, when you look at these guys, that um, I do feel they've not been booked well enough in AEW up to now, uh, just in my opinion. But I do think now maybe things are going to start to turn for these two. I mean, they had an epic match where both of them were ripping off the masks, uh, went on the outside, some devastating you know, Canadian destroyer on the outside as well. Um, it just was brutal from start to finish and Eddie Kingston was on commentary and what he really helped the level of storytelling in this match because it feels like that uh, the Lucha Brothers are imploding in front of our very eyes now because they've been a team the whole way through and Eddie Kingston has made no secret that Penta is his best friend and he started off on commentary sort of calling it down the middle but as the match just went on he was more and more pro Penta it was almost as if like he was not happy uh, to do with Phoenix at all just almost putting the blame and saying it's the weak link of the group uh, with these guys and um, I mean at the end of it when you see with Penta's mask being ripped off it was unfair it wasn't right uh, that this was being done to him but it was totally fine to do it to Phoenix so it was just the whole dynamics of everything was done very very well uh, Penta picked up the victory over Phoenix and afterwards Eddie Kingston actually kicked uh, Phoenix out of the ring uh, which was uh, an interesting part as well and saying you don't need him we don't need the dead weight uh, and we actually got a return after this as well to close off the show pack making his return uh, to dynamite and of course he's had to take a voluntary vacation it's been months and months away due to the pandemic but great to see he's finally back he came back and straightened as well with how he left as well of course with the death triangle stable he'd put together so his attention was immediately on eddie kingston wanting to get to kingston not liking the fact that penta and phoenix have issues of each other and um, yeah i think this was really really well done and it makes me excited to see what's going to come next we know that next week we've got uh, as i say team taz against cody and darby allen we've also um got an interesting match between now uh, what's going to be pack against the blade and hopefully pack will work his way through everybody to get himself to eddie kingston because i think that uh, could be a brilliant match put together pack almost like a tweener rather than babyface but i'm glad he's not back as a full heel there's so many heels right now on dynamite that it kind of feels that maybe just maybe in his absence he would possibly get lost in the shuffle or put someone else lost in the shuffle in in the expense of him coming back so for that reason i'm kind of glad that he's more leaning more towards the babyface side we're definitely meant to be cheering pack uh over the the, the you know the eddie kingston fam if you want at this particular moment so uh i'm interested to see where it goes next very, very, very last note then for AEW Dynamite this week. Uh, Ty Conti uh, picking up the victory over Red Velvet this week. And uh, Anna Jay was in her corner. Anna Jay wanting Ty to use the steel chair, which of course Ty did actually refuse to do and still managed to pick up the victory anyway. Um, it just makes you wonder if there's a tease here because uh, Anna Jay wanted Ty Conti to join the Dark Order for, a, you know, I think it was months ago when she'd signed. They offered her and nothing's been brought up of it since. Um, definitely long-term storytelling, isn't it? When they've not even mentioned it for a number of months. But um, maybe we're going to start getting the twists and turns for this now. It feels that, um, you know, we're building for something now. And I do think that perhaps maybe Ty might, turn this down we'll have to wait and see uh, maybe we might get a rivalry between these two ladies and um, certainly we need more storylines in the women's division it's something I've been saying for a while now but um, I just thought it was an interesting note and something that uh, maybe just to keep an eye on because um, it may still be another couple of weeks till we revisit this again but um, maybe it's something that could be a long term could be a fun storyline uh, I mean end of the day both are still you know quite relative rookies in amongst their wrestling careers uh, i believe jr said that ty conti's only been involved in wrestling for three years so um this is the future of women's wrestling and uh, it'll be great to see them improve on dynamite as the weeks and months go forth
Well, we're talking with Wednesday Night Dynamite. Let's move on to the other show on Wednesdays, NXT. And I've got to say, another great week from NXT as well. I tell you what, it doesn't matter what side of the fence you are, AEW or NXT, in my opinion, Wednesday Night Wrestling is so much fun. You can't go wrong watching either show. Preferably, I say and recommend watch both. Honestly, fantastic stuff. But um, we kicked off with Johnny Gagano uh, wanting to defend the North American Championship. Get rid of the curse he's got of defending championships. He made his own little false wheel which he spun, which had so many potential opponents he could have faced. The likes of Adam Cole, Dexter Loomis, Timothy Thatcher, Damian Priest. It felt like that uh, it was a, a household name. Even Tommaso Ciampa, it felt like it was going to be a difficult task whoever he was going to face. But there was one name you could see had been scribbled on instead Leon Ruff and uh, clearly the will was fixed and we got Leon Ruff as the potential opponent there uh, for Johnny Gagano so these two took on one over in a one-on-one -on -one match uh, we saw Damian Priest around ringside and uh, Johnny Gagano's curse magically continued uh, a surprise roll up I was shocked to see that Leon Ruff actually became the North American champion purely because NXT they don't usually hot potato their belts so much like this. I mean, of course, Johnny Gagano doesn't have a good defending record, but at the same time, it just felt, um, I just kind of really was not convinced. I was convinced that Gagano was going to win. I just didn't believe Leon Ruff would win. And um, it was a nice surprise. I mean, I know that uh, the company are high on Leon Ruff. And um, this really came as a very Marty Jannetty, Shawn Michaels, uh, Monday Night Raw 1993 moment, if I'm being brutally honest. Um, I don't know if Leon Ruff will have a long stint as North American champion. Certainly as he was almost running out of the building with a championship um you could even go back as a uh, you know 1993 of one two three kid and razor ramon actually maybe that's a better comparison that could be made there because it was a, a real shock value and uh, liam roth i mean he's such a small staturing guy the belt didn't even fit around his waist and uh, i mean john gagano was a cruiserweight as well so um in, in the comedy terms it was fun um i must admit i do would have preferred gagano to have kept the belt um i do believe that he would make a great north american champion but um there's a story that's being brewed here of course and uh, I mean it's going to lead to Priest versus Gagano again maybe Gagano will win the belt back on the road to perhaps the next takeover we'll have to wait and see but um, it certainly was eventful I will give it that much and uh, definitely was uh, probably the biggest talking point for me from NXT uh, was the starting point of that this week and uh, we did have two other championship matches uh, which were retains uh, Santos Escobar uh, defeating uh, Jake Atlas um, to retain the Cruiserweight Championship and as well we had Danny Burch and Oni Larkin uh, the Danny Bashams of 2020 uh, actually defeating Breeze Angle uh, with the help of Pete Dunne and Pat McAfee at ringside. Drake Maverick did insert himself involved in the match to try and help the babyfaces, but to, to no avail. And, uh, of course, the heels were standing tall at the end of this show. Um, we had a few weeks now to digest with Pat McAfee as well with Pete Dunne. And, uh, of course, I'm going to say the Bashams, why not? Uh, Lachlan and Birch, they're the tag team champions. I must admit, there are some parts I really like about it, but I am... I'm not convinced still by this stable as of yet. I don't know. Maybe there's just, um, I feel like we're standing still at the moment where maybe we're trying to sell the Undisputed Era being off TV. Uh, we're just establishing dominance and maybe need some more patience on my part. But I am looking forward to where the UE get involved here because I do feel that um, this this needs to go up a level now. I feel next week we need to get the UE back involved, at least Kyle O'Reilly, if nobody else, and we can start building towards the War Games match. Another great match on NXT this week was Tony Storm against Candice LeRae. Uh, Candice LeRae mentioned to cheat her way to get to victory and uh, we got a reveal this week of who's under the scream mask which uh, was quite nice because uh, Shotzi Blackheart of course uh, really unhappy with the fact that her tank was destroyed uh, by Candice Array last week and uh, she gave her reasons why it, it represents freedom and a family who've been involved with the military it really gives a bit of layering to this storyline and a bit of background to Shotzi Blackheart as well so I really liked this storytelling um, and I like the fact that it could be building here because uh, I mean Shotzi says she she doesn't want revenge uh, she wants to kick Candice 
is arson. I think that um, what would be a nice sign to say that this leads to war, um, but with the military background, of course, and uh, perhaps maybe this is leading to the female war games match because, uh, as I say, we've got our reveal with the screen mask and Indy Hartwell was under there. I'm still convinced there's more than one person under that mask. I know I've said that previously on these videos, and it makes sense for Indy Hartwell to be under uh, helping out Candace the Ray, but it doesn't make sense for helping Johnny Gagano uh, when he defeated Damian Priest because, I mean, Hartwell just doesn't seem believable for me of the reason that uh, that would be why Damien Priest lost the North American Championship. I'm still of belief that Austin Fury is under there helping Gargano. So maybe uh, they both have a helper each, but um, not surprised to see that Hartwell was under there helping Candice LeRae. Um, but um, yeah, that, that was really good in the show. And as well as that also, uh, we could be building towards a blindfold match, which I'm really happy. I think the fact that it was used on the wheel, and I think a lot of fans like the idea of a blindfold match. Uh, we seem to be building it now with Cameron Grimes and and uh, Dexter Loomis. Uh, Dexter Loomis losing uh, to Timothy Thatcher this week uh, due to Cameron Grimes, and then putting a blindfold over Dexter Loomis before beating him to a pulp. Um, I thought this was very well done. It escalates their feud. It moves Cameron Grimes away from the fear factor that he had after Halloween Havoc. It had been long enough now for him to get back into, you know, back into his comedy character, but almost being the obnoxious guy that he is rather than just running frightened all the time. So yeah, I'm excited to see what this leads to next. I think the blindfold match will be on its way. Um, last note from NXT this week um, is the interesting note with Zia Lee. Now, I've not really mentioned this up to now because it's not really been so much to tell. I mean, I don't really know where it's going to go, and I still don't really at this point, but to give it as a bit of a mention, Zia Lee was supposed to take on Raquel Gonzalez, and uh, she wasn't there this week. Um, someone that's been uh, give, passing a lot of notes to Zia Lee up to this point is Boa, and uh, Boa came out and said that she wasn't able to compete this week. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez said, but she challenged me and to keep her name out of my of keep my name out of her mouth. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez absolutely destroyed Boa, which I thought was uh, great looking for Raquel Gonzalez. Of course, that really built her up as well. And uh, there are rumours that uh, people are really high up on what they believe she can do in WWE and see her as a, a future main roster superstar uh, going forward and potential multi-time women's champion. I can see it as well, to be honest. I think there's definitely a lot there with Gonzalez. I think she is a, a full package. I think her and Kai, uh, I'm really impressed with them as a duo, actually, at the moment. And uh, it'll be interesting to see maybe if they break off at some point down the line, but that storyline could be something that could be fascinating to see, but um, I wouldn't necessarily do that in the short term. Um, but um, yeah, I, I mean, we had, of course, Boa destroyed, it was left ringside, and then we sort of had like the lights go out, almost like a, a dragon form come over the, the, the screens that we had, like those Thunderdome style screens in the Capital Wrestling Center, and a man came out and handed uh, a note to Boa and uh, almost left a, a bit of a, a bit of paintwork on his wrist as well. Interesting. I've got no thoughts or process of where this is going to lead to, but um, certainly could be building some sort of faction, some sort of, I like to say the word, higher power. Um, but so uh, we'll interesting to see what it's going to lead to. But um, certainly was newsworthy this week on NXT. But um, no real prediction for it at the moment. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I think I need more um, layers of this story. Um, it certainly is one that's uh, going to be interesting as it develops over the next number of weeks and months. One thing that we only have to one, wait one week for, and I'm surprised that this has not been safe for TakeOver, Io Shirai going to be defending her NXT Women's Championship against Rhea Ripley. The big match is next week, and I must admit, it is a money match. I cannot wait. And um, This might sway me to watch NXT first next week. I did go and... Uh, 
you know, it's, it's always, I, I alternate week to week, which one I go for NXT or Dynamite when it comes to watching more, both of those shows over when it comes to the next day. But I think uh, this one could be enough to sway me next week. Um, I, I really am looking forward to it. To give a prediction, it's going to be difficult, but I, I just feel that Rhea Ripley could be the one to dethrone Io Shirai of that championship. And uh, it'd be interesting to see if this will lead to build towards TakeOver. Maybe it builds build towards more games. Um, I'm not sure what they're going to do, but um, I'm really excited for it. I think that this is a big time match. I can't wait. Finn Balor will be on NXT as well next week and he'll be addressing what's going to be going on with the NXT Championship. Of course, he's not been in action since NXT TakeOver 31 where he, I believe, had dislocated his jaw, broke his jaw. He's had surgery on it since and, of course, he's not been around on NXT since that match with Carla Riley at that NXT TakeOver. But uh, hopefully, uh, it's all going to be good news. He won't have to relinquish the Championship. I hope so anyway. Otherwise, there'll be two champions in the row. They've had to vacate the belt, which, uh, of course, is not a good look uh, when the haves to continue happen. It ruins the momentum, the story telling the booking plans all over the show in general so um i hope finn balor can come back maybe we'll get a good announcement maybe he's going to be able to return to action perhaps maybe not the next nxt takeover uh, and maybe we can build towards a number one contender in the meantime um of course you wouldn't get a big story then leading into that takeover match but at least you'd make sense of having a returning champion against a ready-made challenger uh, certainly that would be the direction if i could book it a certain way Let's talk about Monday Night Raw, shall we? But not the most exciting Raw ever, um, but it kind of did its placeholder. It did things it needed to do, and it was more building for next week, it feels. And uh, going with the theory that I said previously on here, building towards Survivor Series, it's rather than invasions and stuff and actual feuds between the superstars on each show, it's the spots they're building for. And, of course, the champions want to represent their show as the champions. And, of course, uh, that helps build the, with their the normal feuds and rivalries they have on their own show and for Raw next week we've built up with Drew McIntyre going to try and go and get the WWE Championship back off of Randy Orton uh, of course this was used for a six man tag to close off the show this week Randy Orton refusing to get involved in that six man tag team match it was Drew McIntyre and the New Day Kofi Xavier uh, defeating then at that case uh, Randy Orton who didn't get involved in the match The Miz and John Morrison um, it'll be interesting to see if The Miz is, takes a bit of upset to this next week maybe he will uh, want to cash in maybe he might look at the opportunity to win the WWE Championship after this match between these two. Of course, The Fiend has been lurking in the background, but uh, wasn't involved at all this week on Raw. Um, there was apparently a uh, Moa Bliss that was scrapped with Alexa Bliss and Drew McIntyre, uh, which makes belief that maybe that feud is maybe off the table for the time being, if there is one that's going to happen. Um, I personally think the direction looking forward is going to be uh, Randy Orton against The Fiend at, at TLC. And I think we're going to have Drew McIntyre against Sheamus. And I think The Miz will look to cash in, as I've said in my predictions previous in these videos, at Survivor Series and try and cash in on both uh, Roman Reigns and Randy Orton at the same time and will come off on the losing end. And that will rule him out of the picture going forward. And they can him and Morrison could go back into the tag team championship picture. Um, but I think that's where we're going to go for, because, I mean, Drew and Sheamus had another discussion backstage, and, uh, of course, Sheamus did want Drew McIntyre a part of this team. Uh, Drew, almost a bit comical, of saying, you know, with Sheamus and stuff, of how we should be dealing better with tag team partners with Braun Strowman, and how, you know, he could be a better partner, and the fact that uh, Sheamus not a fan of the New Day, and uh, Drew McIntyre kind of just clapping along. He did say that when he wins the WWE Championship, he's going to, get you know Seamus a lot of drinks. I have a feeling that Seamus could cost Drew McIntyre next week on Raw. Just 
have that little suspicion it's definitely building towards these two having a long-term feud over the next month or two after here. That could also involve Drew McIntyre at Survivor Series to eliminate Sheamus from the Survivor Series men's on men's match. And it feels like we're going all over the show here because a lot of the stories intertwine, but that's kind of exciting in a way, maybe. It's good to see that a lot of things are going on at the same time, building towards the Survivor Series, but one eye looking ahead as well. And um, maybe that's one thing that could be strengthening with Raw booking right now because they're definitely looking into the long-term future. But um, if we look at the short-term future, the Survivor Series team for the men's is now sorted. Uh, Riddle actually got himself his uh, qualifying position uh, by defeating Elias and Jeff Hardy in a triple threat match. Um, I don't understand, though, with this. Um, Raw has a big roster of superstars. All these guys lost their qualifying matches. You have other stars you could throw in a qualifying match to put in the position here to represent your team at Survivor Series. You want people that are on a winning streak, not some that lost last week and then wins this week. But um, I suppose they made up for it. Riddle won this match. And then, of course, AJ wants to rally the troops together, uh, but makes himself special referee um, and has a tag team match of, of Riddle and Keith Lee against Braun Strowman and Sheamus. Uh, Riddle picking up the victory a second time in the night. It feels that Riddle may be back in the good graces of WWE. Of course, Vincent McMahon potentially going to give him a push. We'll have to wait and see what's going to happen with that. Definitely two wins and Raw isn't going to harm that. But um, Raw's team looks good. I must admit, it looks a really good team. I'm interested to see who SmackDown's last participant will be. And then when we get predictions next week, then I can give my full prediction if we... But I still have that feeling, whoever goes on the SmackDown side at this moment... I'm leaning towards SmackDown to pick up that victory. Uh, the Raw side for the women, um, I feel, has been a bit of a mess. I, I just feel like when you look at it, uh, Peyton Royce, apparent rumours are she's unhappy, um, potentially, uh, with the idea that she could be now used as a tag team with Lacey Evans. Uh, she said that she's not going to be involved with any tag team other than Billy Kay on Twitter. Uh, and she says, I'm deadly serious with it as well. It's hard to see if it's kayfabe or, you know, because they're relationship currently Lacey and Peyton sometimes they get on sometimes they don't it's hard to really know where it's going with that but um I do feel they should have been on the team same with Nikki Cross um but with the team we've got I mean at least Lana's going through a table um but maybe things will change there is a little rumor that Mandy Rose could have got hurt on Raw this week she was thrown out of the ring by Nia Jackson a bit of an awkward bump and landing which uh, I'm sure Nia will get a bit of shade for um from probably from the Twitter community, I would imagine. But um, let's hope Mandy's okay, and let's hope he can build to what it wants to. But um, I felt always that this was going to lead to the Women's Tag Team Championships with Baser and Jax against Brooke and Mandy. But we've had the match already, so I'm not quite sure where this leads to at the moment. I think that's where I'm a bit lacklustre in it. But um, uh, we mentioned Nikki Cross anyway, and uh, she said to Alexa Bliss to make a choice, whether it's her or The Fiend. And uh, she made The Fiend. She didn't bat her an eyelid. She's quite happy with what's going on. And um, Nikki, she's blaming herself. She even mentioned it on Raw Talk. She said, look, it's my fault. I abandoned you. Let The Fiend make this situation happen to begin with. And she blames herself. And uh, maybe... We're starting to leak now with this feud with Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss, which uh, I'd be up for because I do feel that um, I want to see this feud. And also, I feel at the moment that Nikki Cross hasn't done much since going to Raw. And I feel that um, before too long, she's going to feel lost in the shuffle. And uh, this is a feud we want to see. And I think that uh, after that, we can lead these to go off in their own natural programs on Raw. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how this one's going to play out. But, of course, I expect Alexa Bliss to win the match and win the feud overall. But um, if we are going to get, uh, of course, a Drew McIntyre and Fiend feud, hopefully we'll get a Team Scotland. Maybe we might get Drew and, of course, uh, Nikki Cross involved against uh, the Fiend and Alexa Bliss. I wouldn't rule that out if that feud is supposed to happen somewhere down the line. One more bit of WWE news. Apparently, they set a trademark this week for The Way, uh, which has led to a bit of speculation coming from multiple dirt sheets sources that we could actually be getting No Way Jose back in WWE. Now, of course, uh, there is rumours going around that some of the third-load superstars or 
uh, agents and stuff could be coming back. Of course, a few more uh, long-time people that have been with the company were released this last week, though, Tommy Chimmel being one of them. So it's going to be a bit of a shame not him send the rated R superstar anymore for when Edge does make his return. But um, if No Way Jose is to come back, um, that would be quite interesting. Of course, uh, like I say, some furloughed people have come back, Nigel McGuinness and Pat Buck being two of them. He uh, apparently was actually offered a contract after his one-off appearance on Raw as well. Um, but No Way Jose, he is apparently very well liked backstage in WWE on the main roster and in NXT. So it would be interesting if he does come back and uh, maybe... Instead of No Way Jose, we could have just The Way going forward. Uh, certainly would be interesting if that was to happen. But um, if he does come back, I'm sad to say I, I still don't see him doing much more than what he was doing before. Unfortunately, I think that uh, a lower to mid card is the best that uh, we can hope for for The Way that is No Way Jose. Let's go to Impact Wrestling then to finish off this week then, shall we? And of course, the big news coming out is that the Rascals will be leaving Impact Wrestling. Now, um, a bit of a shame this one, but uh, of course, they, they've not paid their rent in the treehouse, have they, for two years now? But um, it appears that uh, that's going to be the store alone, that they're going to be leaving Impact Wrestling. Uh, there has been uh, news coming out via WrestleTalk that they've been offered contracts by WWE, most likely, I guess, to go to NXT. And uh, it's believed that that will be a formality. Uh, they're not signing new deals of Impact, which is a shame because I did enjoy their work in Impact Wrestling. But... Um, um, you know, for what will be Impact's loss, I suppose, will be NXT's gain. And I suppose of the two tag team divisions right now, um, I would say that um, I think Impact's is more stacked. I think that they have a better tag team roster right now. And I don't see... I don't see the Rascals as, as Impact Tag Team Champions in the foreseeable future, um, especially as they've been losing so much of late. I mean, you have to look since Slammiversary. I don't think the Rascals have won a match, whether it's even been, you know, I think Trey Miguel's maybe won one or two matches on TV, but um, Des and Wentz haven't won for a while. So uh, it's a shame. But um, I do think that uh, they would be a good success if they do go to NXT. And I do think that they would stay together as well. And uh, NXT are in dire need of tag teams. So um, it could be a good thing for them going forward. Um, but I do hope they'll be back in Impact someday. Because um, I think they're a good tag team. And I do like them. I like their work in Impact Wrestling and uh, all the Treehouse stuff as well. I thought that uh, they certainly were a fun and refreshing different gimmick that was going forward. But um, elsewhere within Impact as well, Who Shot Johnny Bravo has continued on with uh, Tommy Dreamer doing his investigations. I think most interesting note coming from this that um, Father James Mitchell denies everything at this particular time but believes he's got an idea of who it could be. Tommy Dreamer of course suggesting that uh, of course when doing the lie detector test that uh, things are all over the place but maybe certainly we here are certainly willing to hear Father James Mitchell out. And as well as that, Havoc as well on her interrogation said that perhaps maybe all of her questions should be directed at Rosemary. So um, it's definitely taken some interesting twists and turns, but uh, Tommy Dreamer said he will get to Rosemary, but probably her match after her match at uh, Turning Point, which was announced, of course. We have four more matches for Turning Point that have been given to us. We've got Rosemary and Ty Valkyrie taking on Tennille Dashwood and Jordan Grace. That's quite a makeshift tag team, isn't it? Uh, we've got Eddie Edwards taking on Davari. Uh, we've got Chris Saban and a returning James Storm taking on Team triple xl and we've got another um, defeat rohit raju open challenge match as well which should be quite exciting so it's looking a pretty stacked card there i think nine or so matches now for turning point and of course if you want my predictions they are coming on the channel for you of course so make sure to keep an eye out for them i've got part one available for the matches i've announced last week so five matches are already on the channel uh, the other four matches will be coming up so make sure to keep an eye out on the channel for that uh, but that's for me that's everything this time for this week in wrestling hope you've enjoyed the video as always it's been another action-packed week in the 
world of pro wrestling. Uh, keep an eye out for the Impact Wrestling Turning Point Part 2 predictions. And of course, uh, we'll touch on the Part 1s as well, just updating on them of what's happened over the last week as well. So go to check out that video when it is released on the channel. Maybe hit the bell and set the settings to all on when you've subscribed to the channel. That way you're notified each and every time a video is released. The Q&A coming up on the weekend as well, which will be Ask SCW dropping on Sunday. And Survivor Series predictions will be coming next week. Looking to drop them on the Tuesday or the Wednesday. Like I say, hit the bell. It's always a great idea to do so. But at this point, I'd say I'm looking to do the Tuesday. Uh, but that's all from anyway. Thank you for watching. Enjoy yourselves. Have a great day. And uh, you've been watching SCW. All the best. Thank you for watching.